0: Good evening everybody, this is Astrology with Sisley, and today we're going to go into a couple of planetary aspects, but first I'm going to start with a quick reading from CoStar. And CoStar does daily updates, and it's available in the description box above. And I'm going to start with today. The quote of the day is, everyone wants to belong to someone. Good evening, it's a balming 65 degrees and sunny in your area today at a glance. So I'm going to daily updates. Everyone wants to belong to someone. The power to, of today is in spiritual, spirituality, social life, sex, and love. The pressure is in thinking and creativity. And today's trouble is with routine. Today you feel torn between the pressure to protect yourself and your love of a connection. It is good to build trust slowly if that's what you need. Just make sure you're not doing that thing where you withdraw and make others feel like they're responsible for your comfort. You can get what you want. You can't get what you want unless you know what to ask for. It can be hard to identify your boundaries when someone hurts you. There's nothing inherently wrong with craving an edge. It just doesn't necessarily serve your purpose right now. Use this moment to cultivate good boundaries. The general theme of your life during this period is to free yourself from jealousy and emotional possessiveness by seeking out forms of love and friendship that deviate from your past. Vulnerability is potent. And if you're just joining today, how y'all doing? Hey, Samantha, y'all doing all right? I'm reading from CoStar, which is a free astrology app, but the links in the comments Are linked to a free website if you don't want to download an app or you don't have the space for it. And the app is CoStars. So what I'm reading from right now is CoStar. It's one of my favorites. Hey Posh Proletariat Spice. When I tell you I love that name, I live for that kind of name. You're gonna be fun here, I can tell. Hey Pedro, how you doing? So when you open up CoStar and you read for the daily app, they have hyperlinks to each section. And it's usually hyperlinked in the underlined sentence. So the underlined sentence for today is the pressure to protect yourself and your love of a connection. And this transit is from January 6, 2023 to January 8, 2023 identity-challenging energy. It's been difficult for you to pay attention to things other than the way you attach meaning to the world. There may be a conflict with another person or between your inner world and the rest of the universe. You will have to choose between what you're currently focused on and your natural drive for action. Follow what you feel, keep moving the way you want to. It is not a time for pause. The whole conflict will see its beginnings in the way you make sense of the world as it affects the new ideas you've been craving. A choice will arise, one having to do with a new book that will change how you see the world. This conflict will impact your home life and affects your subconscious. As Ann Carson said, Carson says, Peel back the stale cage of sheets off your legs, and you will be free. You will have to make a decision, but remember that the conflicts you face externally reflect the conflicts inside of you. The sun is currently opposite from where Mars was when you were born. That angle, called an opposition, is a complex angle symbolizing a choice that you have to make the sun stands for ego and focus and mars represents action so this whole transit is about changing the i the way i move in the energy how i move and what i'm doing hey pedro it's all about shifting perspective from where i believe i am versus where i need to be and if anybody has any astro questions or wants to come up and chat with me that'll be cool too it's all it's pretty much an open platform i just wanted to do a couple of readings and i'm waiting on my co-host he'll be here in just a minute give me one second All right, checking in some messages. No questions yet? Okay, so I'm going to read just a little bit more from this. And the reason I love this app, firstly, it's free. And secondly, it gives you the transit with the maps to show where you are on this this setting. And the second hyperlink for today is it can be hard to identify your own boundaries when someone hurts you. And this transit that pulls up for that is January 1st, 2023 to January 11th, 2023. Communications challenging energy. You've been analyzing the way you attach meaning to the world. There may be a conflict with another person or between your inner world and the rest of the universe. You will have to choose between the way you have been thinking and communicating versus your natural drive for action. Follow what you feel, keep moving the way you want to. It's not time for pause. So with this being an open angle, like the last section, it's about moving forward in opposition to whatever it is. This conflict will impact your resourcefulness, bring new forms of creativity or romance into your life, and affects your subconscious. Every artist is inspired by the dark depths of their unconscious. How will you turn these struggles into the sublime? You will have to make a decision, but remember the conflicts internally reflect the ones externally. And this is because Mercury, a very fast moving planet in the astral calendar, is currently opposite from where Mars was when I was born. And when you look at the opposite, it's about 180 degrees. So it's about, it symbolizes making choices And Mercury stands for thinking and communication. And Mars represents action. Now, today, my title is Neptune versus Uranus. And there are a couple of different aspects. Like today, under the category of social life and charisma, it says Uranus is letting you relax right now. This means that you're able to seek out the new. It's a good time to work in realizing on realizing your fantasies. Notice how much you enjoy talking to people. Notice how much people enjoy talking to you. And this is really about communication and innovation coming in. So in this chart piece, Mercury and Uranus. Mercury is currently in a place where Uranus was when I was born. And it's in conjunction. And a conjunction is a tight angle, less than 30 degrees. That's like a magnifying glass. So it moves very, very quickly. And Mercury stands for thinking and communication and Uranus represents innovation. For this section from December 18th, 2022 to January 7th, 2023, Communications transforming independence. You've been analyzing the way you attach meaning to the world. This part of yourself will transform into something else. You will have to deal with the way you've been thinking and communicating, replacing your natural sense of individuality, rebellion, and creativity. Your integrity should never be compromised. Candor and clarity require a great deal of courage but nothing can be achieved without them. This transformative situation will see its beginnings in new ideas that you've been craving. Keep an eye on things that are expanding your imagination and intellect. This situation will impact your resourcefulness, bring new forms of creativity or romance into your life, and influence your work or relationships. And the question of the day is, if you were doing it for all eternity, what would you do every day? Do that. As a result of this situation, part of your personality will change and be replaced by something new. So those are considered really fast moving moving angles and spaces. They move really, really quickly and they become pieces that are very functional and fast moving transits. Mercury is a fast moving planet, but it's currently in the place where Uranus was in my chart. So it's in that very home space of innovation and creativity, and it's time to take action and be motivated on what I'm supposed to be moving towards doing. If you're just joining, got a couple of links in the task bar above. We have AstroSeek, which is a free website that you can use to generate your own birth chart, and the app that I'm reading from, (coughs) excuse me, CoStar. And co-star is pretty good about giving daily updates. So with the social life charisma being controlled by Uranus and Mercury moving quickly in transition through it, it brings innovation. But there are also slower moving transitions that are just a little bit slower, sometimes a heck of a lot slower. Like how when Neptune Oh, here it is. The outer planets like Neptune, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto tend to move very slowly out of transition. Now, I'll give an example of another long standing transition. This is from November 19th, 2022 to January 25th, 2023. Realism affecting self esteem. Your vision has been clear regarding your career and ambitions. You will find yourself frustrated in the way you've always existed in the world. These frustrations will see their beginnings in your subconscious in conjunction with your career or social life. An endless array of irritation and obstacles will affect your relationship with external validation and your need for it. Do you really need it? Exercise patience, give things time, and the situation will. Hmm, it moves forward. Now this is because Saturn is currently 45 degrees away it was when I was born. This is called a semi square or a semi friction point. These are associated with frustrations, obstacles and delays. Saturn stands for limits and realism and the sun represents ego and focus. So where I limit myself in my self-esteem can come from Saturn, but the sun represents that ego. So we have to see where everything is moving and how I want to move and do I need external validation. And now we get to our other contender in this talk, Neptune. Neptune is currently going to say in this aspect, and it's been there since June 6 2019 so from June 6 2019 to April 7 2024 that's how long it's going to stay here but luckily it's in a harmonious aspect so it's really going to give me a boost in my chart your horizons are broadening because you so because of your social life there will be a chance opportunity that affects your natural sense of individuality rebellion and creativity Integrity should never be compromised. And keep a notebook by your bed and be ready to take notes. This opportunity will see its beginnings in the new ideas you've been craving all along with circumstances surrounding friendships. Keep an eye out for an out-of-the-blue phone call. Whether it's fate or chance, now is the time to take advantage of anything that seems too good to be true. And when I tell you I have been snatching at everything that seems too good to be true and is turning out to be absolutely excellent. And that brings me to the point of the talk today. The reason I brought Neptune versus Uranus. Neptune is currently two signs or 60 degrees away from where Uranus was when I was born. That angle, which is called sextile, brings forth ease, opportunity, and luck. Neptune stands for transcendence and inspiration, and Uranus represents innovation. And it seems like those two would run. Oh, hi, Andre. Hey, hi, King. My guest is here. Bring him up. But when you look at it, you see how very similar these two are because Neptune is transcendence and inspiration and Uranus is innovation. And one thing I will say that I have a conjunction right now between Mars and Uranus that are causing a full scale, all steam ahead, come up with a whole new life because you're about to transform energy that's been happening. So it's like when you see them in connection to each other, it's like, wow, they're very different and very the same at the same time. Hello, King.
1: Hey, how are you doing today? I'm
0: doing pretty awesome. How are you?
1: Well, you, know, you notice I, um, I gave you another 13 minutes by yourself today.
0: You see, he put me through the ringer. He's he, <laughs> he's teaching me how to run, call in I've been holding my own.
1: I wondered if it was just a fluke the first time, so Oh. But no. Testy
0: testy, no. eh? You,
1: you got it. You got it down. So um next time. You know they were the exact almost the exact same amount of time of thirteen minutes until I came in. So.
0: Mhm. <laughs> mm-hmm. this is the virgo trickster aka the triple virgo
1: hello andrea and hi samantha how are you doing hope y'all are well good to see you
0: if anybody anybody has any questions in the chat or comments about uranus or anything of that nature but hakeem you're a phonics guy what's the difference between transcendence and inspiration versus innovation
1: transcendence inspiration innovation i mean well transcendence simply means to go beyond i'm going to give this in the simplest terms inspiration comes literally from um breathing in so bringing in life and so it's an invigoration, like getting energized for something to do something. And then um, innovation is um, most readily translated into um, taking something that's already extant and um, improving it um, or, or improving upon doing something that hasn't been done before to, to address an issue that maybe is already being addressed, but in not as an efficient way. So um, So people, uh, you can, you can innovate something to transcend. So like it would go in this order. You should, the, it's interesting. The, the order would be inspiration, innovation and transcendence. So I don't know why that that comes to me intuitively, but you become inspired. And then because of your inspired inspiration, um, you get filled with life and energy to innovate something. And then once you innovate something, then that something and yourself then transcend the previous condition.
0: Okay, <clears throat> so what you're saying, because that's the way that they describe Neptune and Uranus. Neptune is trans is transcendence and innovation and inspiration, and Uranus is innovation. So it'd be Uranus then Neptune.
1: I'm only talking. You know, I don't know because I just I'm just using the linguistic definitions. But usually, if you know, remember earlier. We were talking on um, wisdom, and I mentioned the four basic language skills were, you know, listening, speaking, reading, then writing. There's a logical order that things should be done in order to, to um, most efficiently learn. Well, there's also a natural progression of those three words in particular. So I don't know whoever the author or where you pulled the information from, but um, I think that when speaking about those specific type of things, there is an order that they happen. Um, that you become inspired to innovate, which then tra- helps to transcend the current situation of yourself or, or conditions. So um, so it, you said Neptune has all three of those characteristics?
0: Neptune is transcendence and innovation. Okay. Transcendence and inspiration. I want to say innovation so bad. And Uranus is inspiration.
1: Oh, right, Insp- yes. So, So Uranus... Uh, would be or Uranus would be inspiration. Now, yeah, I mean, technically, if we're looking at it in a linear fashion, which is how I am, it's it, Uranus would come first and then um, and then Neptune. Yeah, but I, just... I mean, that's even how the order of they are in the 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 orbits as far as the distance from Earth and the Sun are anyway.
0: Right, but I just wanted you to bring that up with the phonics because I knew you had the intuitive guide for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's that's very interesting. um, I've never heard that before, and I've never really even thought about those three words together before, but now I'm going to use that. That's actually pretty cool. Inspiration, innovation, transcendence.
0: Yep. Be inspired first. Hello, Allison. Hi, how y'all doing? Y'all popping in? Oh, yeah. Posh proletarian spices. Hey, Hakeem, how you doing?
1: Yep, proletariat.
0: Proletariat. I love that. Um, the new for the Spice Girls.
1: So yeah, that would be that's uh, Samantha. So the thing is also you gotta see when people make comments, it's their um their uh handle doesn't show the same as the the name. Like Samantha's proletariat. A- Andrea shows up as sugar free coach and Allison shows up as um tired Allison.
0: I like that name.
1: So Allison, why are you so tired?
0: <laughs> I want to know. Well, I know why. I might know why.
1: Mm.
0: Maybe. Let's see here. But yes, this is my second show, you guys, so still learning. Hakeem has been putting me through the ringer.
1: Mm, somewhat.
0: Mm-hmm. He's been on his stage mode teacher thing. <clears throat> what I was reading from was the co-star app. And this transit is from June 6, 2019 to April 24th, April 7th, 2024. And it was about Neptune being where Uranus was when I was born. And the sextile angle brings a ease and in transition into a whole new lifestyle. So it's funny that Neptune returned to the place where I was born. Mm to push me forward into a whole new lifestyle.
1: I, I, I'm i really upset with cycles sometimes. You know, they're, they're just, just, they're too, they're too neat. <clears throat> and things that happen are disturbing. This whole, uh, you said it just brought you back to where you started. You know, like it's back in the same position from when you were born. And that's currently right now. Mm-hmm. And what exactly does that do for you again? It
0: brings about a new lifestyle, a new form of innovation. Mm. The headliner is inspiration allowing for uniqueness.
1: Mm -hmm. Innovation allowing for uniqueness.
0: But the tagline is whether it's fate or chance, now is the time to take advantage of anything that seems too good to be true.
1: Mm. Yeah, a lot of things. Very interesting. You know, I I had the opportunity, I spoke to somebody um, on uh, Wisdom just now, just before I came up here, and uh, she just happened to be from Brazil, and uh, so I got a chance to show off my language skills again to speak Brazilian Portuguese. She said she's never spoken to anybody before on Wisdom that speaks Brazilian Portuguese, so I thought that was was, uh, fun. And uh, she mentioned something about how that was like too good to be true. She's going to, to Brazil and she learned that I did capoeira and make music. And she's like, Oh my gosh, why? You know, um, that's so, so I mean, like coincidental. I was like, no, you know, I was thinking it's not a coincidence. You know, that's how, <laughs> how it goes. You,
0: know. you hit the other point of the cycle in the same day. That is pretty damn cool. Cause we were just talking about all the languages you speak this morning.
1: Yeah. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and, you know, for a while, I got stuck in a mode because I woke up speaking German. And my my accent, it was kind of tilted towards that for a while. I don't know it was stuck.
2: Because
1: <laughs> I, I I woke up talking about um, pig farmers and, and, and tailors in German. Mm-hmm. though, Like, you know, pig farmers und Wienerbauer and the tailor und Schneidl. Random. you dreaming about it's not really random though they come it comes from directly from magneto Um, (laughs) no seriously it's from the x-men um first class when he he travels to south america to argentina and he you know because that's where some of the the nazis escaped to and so they use that whole thing in the movie x-men first class and you know he's going to get revenge on the nazis because they killed his mother and he's trying to track down the guy who did and um, but for some reason, I don't know if it's because we were talking about Magneto or what, but then, you know, I woke up speaking German and then had to call my friend Manuela, who's German, and, and speak a little bit because I just, I woke up like that. And it was, I'm speaking German in my dream, and I woke up speaking German. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. <clears throat> I think, do you know, um wait a minute. Oh, never mind. Somebody, I was thinking it was, somebody mentioned they were born in Germany, but
0: I think that was Miss Raquel.
1: It could be. Were you born in Germany, Andrea, or was it. I don't know. It's possible. I Doing remember. Well, uh. Yes. Hey, hey. Um. Yes. Um. But anyway, back on track here with Neptune. Uh. Out of those two planets, um. What do you. Yeah, she says, yeah. Yep. Mm hmm. Um. Out of those two planets, what what are you feeling more? Because um, I've hmm? no, I was just saying I've always had an affinity towards one of those. But tell me,
0: I've been feeling the affinity towards Neptune,
1: hmm, the
0: dreamy water planet. Yeah, my dreams have been extra vivid, and I've been listening in and writing down dreams and figuring out different. I feel like. Neptune brought the idea of the divination horror stories. Yeah. Because I went to sleep watching a tarot card reading the other day, and I woke up with that idea, and I was like, ha-ha! Hmm. And I just had to start writing them down.
1: Yeah, I I definitely like the... um, uh, The the idea of of divination horror stories. That's very unique. It's um, extremely unique and it's um, I don't think anybody's approached that before. Although you know there have been divination horror stories but I don't think they've ever been called that because you know for example uh, they show in some horror movies people messing around with uh, Ouija boards.
0: right? Um,
1: And that's a form of divination and it becomes a horror story. So Um, but that's pretty cool to focus on just that, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I do have some interesting stories about, uh, about divination, specifically um, the Ouija board, but I'll get into that another time because it's going to distract too much from this uh, conversation. <laughs> I wrote a whole paper about it, actually. Um, really? That's neat. And connections to the Chinese language and where it actually comes from. Ouija. a lot of people don't may not know but it has its roots at least in the name in, in in ancient china planchette reading which is that's the what what um technically the category that Ouija boards fall under is what's called planchette reading because it's a planchette a board that you slide a um, an object across to um to draw out or uh, spell out words or patterns
0: Absolutely i think that's Really cool. Now, the divination horror stories are based on the chronicles of different tarot card reading titles that I've heard. Mm. And a lot of them are based in the innovation of Uranus, but the transcendence of Neptune. Mm. How to transcend the idea of the bad day or the bad reading. Mm. With intel and stories about how things have been falling apart or falling into place. And a couple of really funny ones like the one I read to you, You Ain't Seen Me
1: mm-hmm.
0: about astral projection.
1: Yep. That was
0: cool. I, may, I may read that one on here today.
1: That's a good one.
0: That's a, that's a good piece. That's one of the first pieces I wrote from the series. And I really attribute that to the moving transits of my outer planets because these are considered generational planets they don't often move very quickly so you have to sit in the energy that they have like if you hit a square in the outer planets Mm. they take years to come out of it like
1: years what uh what planets are associated with the main planet associated with uh Virgo again
0: Virgo is, closely associ- uh, Virgo is closely associated with Mercury. One of the fastest moving planets.
1: With Mercury. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Because it's called, um, in German, it's Quicksilver. Yep. Yeah. God.
0: The easily Metal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the de- de- it's interesting that, yeah, because Mercury is Quicksilver. I think, isn't that another name for it, I wonder? Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, that's, it's in, in German, it's Quicksilver, yeah. Okay. The quick- Oh, yep, Sugar-Free coast says yes it is. It is. Yes
0: it is. So, mm-hmm. with that triple Virgo, I call you a communication powerhouse simply mm-hmm. because bring information that has been carefully researched, analyzed, and used.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, it's, like you explain it in the simplest term that you can't.
1: Yes. Oh, well, I'd like to. I don't know if that always happens. Oh, yeah. um, so who are you asking? Because, uh, <laughs> hmm. well, I'll answer. You should be an Ein Jungfrau. Oh, she put your yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. You should be an Ein Jungfrau. It's me.
0: And he's a triple Virgo at that.
1: And by the way, and Andrea, even though I can speak and read and understand a little bit of German, my accent is terrible.
0: <laughs> I kind of know. Do you? Do you, does anybody else know any German? now
1: Andrea. Yeah.
0: You know she's
1: German. Hmm. What did you say? Is it
0: how I do mean, you
1: know she knows German? I'm assuming since she was born there, she might know. Huh? Andrea, du sprichst du sprich Deutsch? She knows a little. <laughs> du sprichst Deutsch? Huh? Ja? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>? Nein? <laughs> uh, okay. oh. Your papers, your papers, bitte. Your papers, bitter. Show me your papers. <laughs> Show me your papers. <laughs>
0: She said both of her grannies were live to be both Virgos. That's really mm.
1: well. That means I'm gonna live to be 180 <laughs> by that by that logic.
0: Oh, uh, right around there. Maybe 360 because you're a triple Virgo.
1: It's, yeah, you know, 270 is you know, not bad. I'm gonna. I mean, I do have that vampire energy.
0: You do. It's giving very Lescott. It's giving very Queen of the Damned. Hey, Fahim. Yeah.
1: Oh, He's back. Hello.
0: Hopefully everything oh. worked out she a little bit. So. But, yeah. If anybody wants to get their chart read today... Or has any astral questions, you can put them in the chat and I'll definitely answer them live. And you know we got the numerology expert here. Got the double. And if not, I definitely have a quick piece from to Read. And this is from today. This is in Sex and Love. Magnetism. Mars is letting you relax right now. This means it's easy to say no. And a good time to help heal and nurture anyone that needs it. Your body is a jungle filled with miles of sinuous cells and membranes crammed delicately inside. So Mars is giving me a break. You know, that's my... You know, oh, I just got an update with Mars. Mars is my ruling planet. Aries is ruled by Mars and Mercury rules Virgo. So the planet of action is actually giving me a rest even though it's still in retrograde. And that's a long arduous process and I love it because I can actually sit in the energy that I have instead of going and taking the next move and moving quickly. And in this chart... We have magnetism. These are all Mars aspects and Venus aspects. Funny enough, Venus is the planet of pleasure. It rules Taurus and Libra. Virgo rules Mercury and Virgo. Not Virgo rules. Mercury rules. You said it right
1: because I do rule Mercury. Nothing rules me.
0: It rules the planetary sign. Nothing rules you. I hear you. So, with those transits moving very quickly. Now, y'all gotta understand. This is why we want to go outside Hakeem head. He always started with his analytics and causing trouble and chaos. He's just like a... I joke about working with Lex Luthor. He gives very much Lex Luthor energy with a sprinkle of magneto in there.
1: Got to see if we can train. More magneto than I would like. Mm.
0: Tortured artist soul. (laughs) And welcome to the new listeners. If you want to have your chart read, I have links to a free astrology website. And co-star the free astrology app. Oh yeah,
1: That's Magneto is. By the way, uh, just so you see something, uh, Sicily, at the bottom be- just now, there was a um, a listener that said plus one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't have an image. That's when someone is listening uh, who is not listening from their signed-in account. So um, that. That means either they don't have an account or they've chosen to listen outside of it to be anonymous. Oh. Okay. So you can come in to uh, listen to, like, for example, let me, I'll show you. I'm going to go uh, go to a call-in right now from my phone but not use the account. So call And boom. And then it should take me to the main page as I'm not signed in. Yep, and I see. So watch this. I'll click on it from the Internet. And then boom, something should show up in a few moments. There it goes. See it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when what happens when someone logs in and they're not using an account. And then I will uh, close it out, and uh, it'll go away soon. Disappear. Sometimes it takes a minute, but yeah, I I think I logged out of there. So yeah, so um, that's what happens. Anyway, so when you see that, that means that someone. Yeah. Oh look, hey Ray Davis, just popped through for a second. Hey, what's up, Ray? Hey, ready? Right I need a mic.
0: I need a mic. Dopest.
1: Yes, my you and Professor X are besties.
0: Yeah, because you know I'm Professor X.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, X. I
0: know. I know. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: I know that for sure because I'm the researcher. That's the one. It's always been the joke that I was either going to be Charlie from Charlie's Angel or nick cage or nick fury mm. the one that doesn't really have the pure superpower but it's the coordinator for all the other shit that's going on
1: wait who, who that x
0: nick nick cage
1: nick cage
0: i want to say his name was nicholas cage
1: wait a minute well nicholas cage is an actor but what powers does this person have what are you talking about
0: no, it's Nick Fury from um,
1: Oh, Nick Fury from the the Marvel comics. He's yeah, yeah.
0: the coordinator that gets everything done.
1: Yeah, and you know what's so funny? Yeah, Sam Jackson plays him uh and that's right, uh, Ray. Um what's so funny is that um they they mixed up some characters. Do you know that the the character Quicksilver in the X-Men movies was is is the same character as um, the one in the Avengers, but they did, but they separated them. They, they were supposed to be a mutant, but they made him an enhanced individual that was created in the lab with Wanda Maximoff. But um, he was, he was one of his, his iterations was as an X Men. So who knows? They might be in another universe. They might uh, cross over the X Men with the Avengers. Who knows?
0: I'd like to see it. That'd be a very good movie. It would. Well, who's writing it? But. I think
1: it'd be very. It would be interesting to see the uh, zodiac signs of the, um, of the some of these different characters to see how closely um, they come to what their characters are because you never know. Like, what if unconsciously, Stan Lee and the other creators created these characters and they happen to fit very well with their zodiac signs? Wouldn't that be something?
0: I really do think that'd be cool because it's. Professor X is a Capricorn.
1: Hmm. I don't know. But yeah. um But yeah, just uh, just a thought.
0: Also, I was just thinking about how the planetary ruler hmm. soon. Nebson... Neptune. Pisces, rainy, watery planet. And it takes about 146 years to circle around the d- zodiac. So it stays in one sign for about 14 years.
1: So Neptune and Pisces are related? I I, I would have thought maybe it would be more Aquarius, but okay.
0: Mm-mm. Aquarius is Uranus, innovation.
1: There was a movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin.
2: Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And there was a very weird... Very strange uh, ending of the movie where they were singing up, they were singing this song called "The Age of Aquarius" at the end of it. And it was like the age of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius. It was very, very. Uh, I thought it was, it was sort of out of place, and I was like, what are they? What message are they sending? Especially because I had just finished doing all this research on ancient Egypt and how all of the entire Bible, at least in well, no, the entire Bible and the biblical characters all follow um, Zodiac signs. So Moses, for example, um, during the time of Taurus and the Beltane Festival, and the reason why, um, he he was really, Aaron was the Pharaoh Akhenaten, for example, and, and Moses was his brother, and he went up to um, what they said was a mountain, right? Uh, mm-hmm. mount, but it was really the Great Pyramid, and he went up there because they were astronomer priests, and when he came down, he found that they were, And he was, you know, basically going up there to see how the stars were changing. And and it was changing from Taurus to um, to uh, Pisces. And so the reason he came down from the mountain and, and, you know, beat the crap out of his brother, dragged him around by his hair and killed four thousand followers is because he was like, you stupid idiots. It's no longer the the bull. It's no longer Taurus. It's now now Pisces. You're fucking shit up. And so they melted that golden bull. And um, that's that's one of the historical connections of why that happened, but it may or may not be true, but there's a lot of interesting history that shows that in fact, um, the Pharaohs um, never really went away and that Jesus was one of the last of the Pharaohs. Um, Yeah. He he also went to Egypt and, and uh, he was also trained as an astronomer, priest and whatnot. I'm not stepping on anybody's religion. I'm just saying I, I I look at this stuff because it's fascinating to me. And, um, you can call it science fiction because I'm a science fiction communicator. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some really, really cool stuff that shows. I mean, like, look, remember, remember Jesus before he left? He was saying, I will make you um, first, first. He was, you know, he he became, he came up. He was born as the lamb of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, And and so the lamb. So so you go you have Taurus and then after Taurus comes what? Right. It's not Pisces right away. It's um, uh, it's either Capricorn or Aries, one of those two. Whichever one's a goat, because he was like, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the Lamb of God. He was born under the sign of, of one of those. Um,
0: Aries is considered the ram, but a baby Ares. is a lamb.
1: Right. So, so then after that comes Pisces, um, and then mm-hmm. it's Aquarius. So he was born under, uh, and he was like, uh, I'm, you know, he was the Lamb of God, right? And then he goes to Egypt. You know, he disappears when he's like 13 years old. He comes back and all of a sudden he's saying, I will make you fishers of men. So it also goes right along with the signs. So you've got Taurus, um, Aries, and then, um, yeah, it, it, it actually is Aries now that I remember correctly. So Taurus, Aries, then Pisces, and now we're about to enter the age of Aquarius at some point in time. But if you look at these historical figures, they all follow the astrology and the precession of the equinoxes.
0: It does. And I would like to note that an age of a different sign starts every 2,160 years. Mm. So we're at 2023. And if a lot of us live long enough, we'll be able to see the age of Aquarius.
1: And, and by the way, people, just a nerdy um, uh, factoid, um, 2,160 is the um, no, the the radius of the moon in miles approximately because the diameter is 1080 so 2160 is
0: twice that so we have to go around the moon twice and then we get to a new age mm-hmm. yeah, i love those yeah. back toys
1: those oh. numbers are also encoded in a lot of things like the uh, the like the yugas in ancient hindu text one of them is um is 432,000 years which is the the um diameter of the sun in miles, and another one is twice that, which is 864,000, which is the radius of the sun in miles. And then there's an Egyptian coffin text that is like, like text um, 1080, which is the the, the moon again. Um, and then in some of the Tibetan books of the dead, they have all these other numbers, which are really, really interesting, that, that encode, um, you know, in miles and things like that. And people wonder, like, well, miles weren't invented or brought up since this and this and that, but... Um, if you look at um, royal miles and and different and cubits and different things like that, you start to see where some of these approximations come from. I mean, they were actually using measurements of their feet and hands and arms and things like that. So, um, uh, and then you know, a lot of the other stuff well, and most of it, the the whole origin, as you've been uh, putting forward a lot, is that uh, all of the languages, religions, everything. Is based off of the of ast- as astronomy and these astronomer priests. In the original language, is basically being the numbering, counting, and the arrangement of the stars in the sky.
0: Yep, Andreas says sacred sacred geometry. It was a time of the fish yeah. and and I like to note that when King Tut lived, the pyramids had already been around for about ten thousand years.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, certain things I don't know um, about that, but there's other details I do, but I don't remember. But, I mean, yeah, if if we could historically trace it back, it would be interesting to see. But I don't think they match up with the biblical time, time scales um, because those guys were around a lot longer. Because supposedly, um, remember, Moses led his people out of bondage. And it was really a religio-political struggle because um, the, they, the Egyptians were polytheistic. And him and his brother Aaron, they wanted to be monotheistic. And the monotheistic god they wanted to worship was the rising sun of the Adonai or At- Aton-Ra. Um, and you know they went to the middle of the desert and started something up uh, called, um, uh, hold on for a second. yeah okay well, that, that that's okay so anyway the um the the we talked about this before but they were worshiping the rising sun and so he brought his family to the center of the desert the middle of the desert and, and called the place Akhetaten which is a place that is worthy of the Aten and the Aten was the rising sun Aten Ra and uh, noon Ra or Nun Ra is the 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 sun in the middle of the day where where it would be directly above the point the apex of the great pyramid and then um, and, of course, Amen or Amunra was the, the setting sun. Well, eventually when the people got upset and they kicked him and Nefertiti out, they kept the sun, Tutankhaten there. And then um, because they lost, and remember Egyptians, they faced south when they were worshiping. So the sun would rise on the left-hand side instead of on the right-hand side. So, therefore, that's why all of the, um, the languages to this day, they all have the exact same word that means both the direction as well as correct. So in the ancient Egyptian, it's Amen or Amun, which means correct and also right. Um, In in uh, Hebrew and Arabic, Yamin or Yamina or Amen is also correct and right. And also in the English, the word right means direction. It also means correct. So it survives, and it's also where we get the the moral struggle. When people have that moral struggle, you see an angel on their right shoulder and a devil on their left shoulder because it's representing the losing and winning factions in this whole sun god war, like which which monotheistic uh, leader is gonna win. So um, so that's the, uh, some of the origins that a lot of people think about it as, uh, you know, they get all caught up in the religious part of it and think, but it actually has to do with um, political struggles with um, which, which were connected to religion, but it was, who was going to be the leading faction, like, no, we're, we're worshiping the rising sun. No, it's the setting sun and having to do where they were facing, but their religion was based on astronomy. So um, that's it.
0: And I like to tell people that astrology and astronomy are sisters. Astronomy is the counting and numbering of stars and astrology is the naming and giving meaning to sit stars
1: so Hussein I'm going to say this right now um, you can either leave yourself or I'm going to just ban you from the room because you're a fucking idiot oh, and, I um, <laughs> and um, you have no idea what you're talking about so don't just come in here acting like a jerk you can go to plenty of other rooms that are going to do that um, and if you have some problem with it my address is is uh, 977 Chimney Hill Parkway, Virginia Beach, Virginia, at my <laughs> dojo. So um, th- you can. there's plenty of <laughs> other rooms you can go argue in. Okay? So leave.
0: <laughs> He's already banned. He's banned when he put the first comment up. I was just trying to slide it past. You see the difference? Like, you got Magneto slash Wolverine, and then you got Professor X that's just going to slide past there and drop a little dink. There you go. Goodbye but you know it's a good show when there's a couple of trolls that pop in and out like
1: hey well, Hus- Hussein's been around for a while but it's like it's, people are so um, ready to cause trouble for no reason it's like go somewhere else there's plenty of rooms where you can yell and argue here on Colin seriously
0: and this isn't like, yeah this is more along the lines oh yeah I know what else I had to bring up for you guys I got a book And this book is one of my favorites for, like, people basically getting into astrology. And it's like a $10 book, a quick little read, but it goes into.
1: Yeah, um, real quick, uh, Andrea said, astronomy is also kind of the wicked stepsister used to keep astrology down. It's been kind of a gatekeeper or the construct. Yeah, especially nowadays, because it's been usurped and and, uh, spoken of as the only scientific study of the stars.
0: Um, Wait uh, do they figure out that astrology is how people used to diagnose certain conditions back in the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Each astrological sign is associated with a part of the body. Like Aries rules the head, Taurus rules the neck and throat. And it's funny how they align with the chakras, they line up just with the chakra systems. Like cancer, cancer rules the chest and breast. That's why they always have that mother, it's like motherly energy. Sagittarius rules that big old wagon, the horse tail, I call it the horse tail, but there is a quick little piece that I want to read for the planetary rulers because each faction has its own piece. So, you have Aries, the ram, with the planetary ruler of Mars, Taurus, the bull, with the planetary ruler of Venus, Gemini, the twins, with the planetary ruler of Mercury, Cancer, the crab, with the planetary ruler of the moon, Leo.
1: What was was Mace's uh, zodiac sign when he came in yesterday, he called in, do you remember Mace?
0: Mace was Virgo.
1: Okay. Now, you see, Mace came in here and challenged you, right? Yep. But he did it respectfully.
0: Right. And he was just like, I'm skeptical. I just want to know if you can guess it based on the way that I speak. And I had a couple of clues. I thought he was either a Pluto ruled sign or a Mercury ruled sign. Pluto for that elusive trickster energy and Virgo because of just your Like a lot of earth signs are pure skeptics unless there's concrete evidence. They're not going to come and do something just off of, oh, I just don't believe this. I'm just going to pop in and be rude. No, they're going to come with the, hey, I'm skeptical. Can you prove this? And that was the kind of energy he came with, and he was extremely respectful. And yes, astronomers are the gatekeepers for the faction of scientists that believe that <laughs> their science is all ruling when they all tie together because it's like one language. One's just the numbers to it and the other is the language behind it. Like we have Leo the lion with the planetary ruler of the sun, Virgo the virgin with the planetary ruler of Mercury, Pisces the fishes with the planetary ruler of Jupiter slash Neptune. In the daytime it's Jupiter at night it's Neptune. Aquarius has two as well it's like the old school ruler versus the new school ruler Aquarius is the water bearer with the planetary ruler of Saturn slash Uranus. Capricorn is the goat planetary ruler Saturn. Sagittarius the archer has the planetary ruler Jupiter, Scorpio the Scorpion has the planetary ruler of Mars slash Pluto and Libra, the scales has the planetary ruler of Venus. So (coughs) when you look at it, each one has a constellation. Oh yeah, we gotta put a um, link for the Red Sky app so you can look at the constellations as well because it's really cool the app, you can point your phone up to the sky and look at these constellations and what planets are close enough to us right now to see.
1: Which um which app are you talking about at this point?
0: Red, what is it, Red Sky?
1: Um, well, there's one, did you download Redshift already?
0: Redshift, it's n- categorized as the sky. In the App Store,
1: right? Um, yeah, yeah, the Sky. So there's also other ones that are free. That I have a Pro um, one too. There's there's one called um, uh, um, called Sky, spelled S K E Y E, Plus like Sky I, where you can point it up the sky and do that. Um, the redshift one, that's the Sky. Um, we have to get play around with that and get the Pro account. And then there's um, of course, I have uh, Moon Phase Pro, um, which is another one. So there's so many ways you can look at it, and they have free accounts and pro accounts. But some of the pro ones, like I think I bought Moon Phase Pro years ago for only like ninety-nine cents. They were doing like some special, and and I just it's been with me for like decades, um, or at least a decade. I don't know about decades, but, um, but yeah, those are really cool. I you know, I haven't even downloaded the one that I was talking to you about uh, Redshift because I'm still flabbergasted that I have this really old version on desktop that was like super expensive years ago, and um, now they're they're (laughs) they're basically giving it away for like eight ninety nine or whatever it is. And it's an app
0: fee kind of thing. I'd be a little flabbergasted too,
1: because you know it was developed by um, by astronomers and scientists and for NASA and. You know, they used to use these things anyway. It's really cool because you can wind back the clock to thousands of years to see where um, uh, different stars and planets were and where they would look like in the sky at a certain time. Even Moon Phase Pro, you can wind it back to like 2000 years and show where the moon was in the sky, which is pretty cool.
0: That is and I cool. mean, and
1: what the phase of the moon was, yeah, and at the time of day. So you can look at your birthday and all that. It's, yeah, it's very cool. It's the software.
0: And then Andrea says she uses night sky, but Google Sky is awesome too. So mm. it's a lot of cool, cool apps.
1: Yes. Um, and I think that, you know, one thing people should get a habit of doing is, is when you go outside, look up at the sky more often. Just for a few minutes. Um, it's very interesting, the things that you'll see. I mean, I remember a couple months ago, I was laying down outside, and I was just laying on my back. I was on uh, Wisdom, actually, and I was laying down outside, looking up at the sky, and I saw three shooting stars and what I thought was a UFO, but it must it could have been a satellite. But I, it was tracking through the sky for a long time, and I saw all – it was just so bizarre. One went west, one went east, and then one went, like, north uh, northeast, if I recall correctly. But it was so fascinating to see three shooting stars at once and then some other object in the sky moving much more slowly. It it was so amazing. Like, I'd never had that experience before, but it was just for me lying down and talking for a few hours and looking at the sky. And I remember, um, I think, Truly Julie I was talking to over there and Sarah Del Valle and a couple other people. And I was, like, just freaking out about it. I was like, oh, my God, there's a shooting star. Then a little bit later, hey, look, there's another shooting star. Oh what? hey, there's another shooting star, and uh, there's a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it may not have been a UFO, but it was, it was fun that um, you know to be able to see that. So.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's a good idea for me to do tonight. I'm gonna get out and stargaze and see what planets I can see, because Venus should be visible within the next month or so. So I may have to get out and actually use my apps and look. But I have another interesting description from this book. It's called Write Your Own Horoscope by Jane Struthers. Mm. And she describes Uranus, Neptune and Pluto as the outer planets. And Uranus mm. is also known for ex- eccentricity, eccentricity, genes surprises, shocks, breaking the rules. Turning things on their head, being ahead of your time, friendly actions, and humanitarian actions. Mm -hmm. Neptune, which is the planet I say I'm more closely associated with the Pisces Mercury sign. Mm -hmm. Mysticism, spirituality, refinement of all kinds, confusion, romance, imagination, altruism, being charitable, and being self-defeating. One of my biggest challenges when Neptune is square to any planet I have is a very self-defeating attitude. It's like, it's not going to work. Why is it not going to work? What do you mean? Why is it not going to work? It's just not going to work. So I'm glad Neptune is in a harmonious place. It's actually sextile in my chart this month. Well, actually for these till 2024. So I'm feeling more inspired lately.
1: Mm. Hmm. that's good um you know one of the things interestingly as um as uh as depressed and ragefully angry i can get um i don't have any doubts about abilities that's like the one thing that doesn't bother me like i don't ever have like oh this can't be done type of thing you know um but but i but i do very often have the the feeling that I don't want to do anything. Not, it's, I always know that things can be done, but, I, but my attitude is usually, is it really worth it? Like, what's the point? And that's where I get.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. Different aspect to Neptune, but almost along the same vein. Or maybe that's Uranus, because Uranus is innovation and in turning things on its head. Like, you know, you can come in here and flip this table, clean over but instead of doing it, it's like, I don't want to.
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I was like, what's the point? It's kind of a complacency. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that I deal with is, um, you know, on the show I was on here uh, yesterday the day before, before um, I came up, it was with Masha and another guy, Mr. Suri, and they were talking about civil war. You know, there's the concept and the idea of it, and I told them, you know, I'm I'm politically apathetic and complacent, and I don't want to vote, and I just don't think it matters. And so I told him that, and then I asked the question, you know, what are the direct, immediate consequences of that, and um, and how can one become more motivated to vote and whatnot? They gave some really good answers, but that's like a, a general theme with me is that I, I'm quite capable, um, just through sheer, um, you know, consistency and just will, you know, force of will, but I I'll very often lack the um, the motivation or the spirit, the inspiration to do so. So that's that's the first part with me. Is like I can innovate and transcend, but I first need to have the innovation. I mean the inspiration. Fortunately, um, I found that an, a good substitute for um, inspiration is um, discipline.
2: Mm,
0: so that. That notes and ties to Saturn. Saturn is a planet of discipline and limits and realism. So you have the realism of Saturn versus the innovation of Uranus. And one thing I just noticed when we, when you were just talking, I'm Neptune and your Uranus. Mm. Watery, so- spiritual on one side hard-working, innovating, breaking down walls on the other side.
1: It's interesting because I often talk and use those specific terms about breaking down walls and kicking down and going through them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I really find that synchronicity funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I find that very funny. It's like the watery spiritual mystic over here and then you got the Tata club book i will pepper spray you want the smoke i got it need for independence on this side now another piece i want to bring up is how uranus and neptune apply to your love life in this in this chapter This is just Write Your Own Horoscope by Jane Struthers. In this chapter, we're looking at our four planets that have a big influence on our emotional lives, our capacity to give and receive love, and our desire for sex. Venus and Mars are intricately bound up with sex and love, respectively, and they can't be ignored. But they aren't the whole story. Uranus adds sparkle and electricity, the magical snap, crackle, and pop you feel when you meet someone who makes you light up. And it also governs our need for independence and detachment. Neptune is all about romance and our urge to merge with another, which which can be a wonderfully spiritual experience. Or it can mean we'll lose all our identity and become drawn into complete symbiotic relationships that don't do us any good. I don't like that call out. I don't like that call out at all, because that's exactly what an imbalanced Neptune placement will do.
1: Imbalanced Neptune placement.
0: To lose yourself in the identity of a relationship versus standing alone in independence like Uranus. So it calls for balance.
1: Calls for balance. But Mm -hmm. so is that because if something calls for balance, is that like an assumption that something's imbalanced?
0: Yes. When you lose yourself into the placement of somebody else's life or the part that you play in someone else's life, it becomes pretty hard to regain who you are as a person. So that's considered an imbalance or codependent or toxic relationship.
1: Mm. Now, one of the things I wanted to look at is, is just in a practical sense, what – I know that you covered this before, but let's focus – I'd like to just for a moment, if, if we will, focus in on how can people use the aspects of their zodiac um, to, to just to get things done. Again, because, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of feel-good stuff in astrology and, and people get giddy and giggle about oh, this and that, and no wonder I'm such and such a way, or that's nice, or, you know, and kind of fantasize about, oh, and maybe I'll be prosperous, it's a prosperous year, you know, and this and this and that, but what about, um, what about the aspects and the characteristics? How can someone look at that and say, I can use a certain energy to get something done? For example, um, in numerology, I can track these things very accurately and quickly to say I should be doing something because it's more favorable at such a time. For example, um, my last birthday of September 17th of 2022, um, changed and made it so that I'm in a numeral five energy year for me. So nine plus 17 is 26 and two and six is eight, right? And then you have 2022, which is a two, 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 which is a six. So six plus eight is 14 and you simplify it again. One plus four is five. So I'm in a numeral five year, um, which is a complete cycle for me, but then also then you add the month of January, 5 plus 1 is 6, so I'm in the sixth month. And the numeral or number that is favorable from power, money, and fame is 8. So since I'm in the sixth month, any day that adds to 2, like the 2nd of January, the 11th of January, the 20th of January, and even the 29th of January because 2 and 9 is 11 and, and 1 and 1 is 2, um, those are favorable days because th- that 2 plus the sixth month make it 8. So those are eight numeral days which are favorable for the energy for me to either ask for a raise, get a new job, start, uh, look for a promotion, try to seal the deal with a contract, make some sales, whatever, um, like that. And I've actually proven that out before. Um, interesting enough, my friend Christine, while we were just now on the phone, I got an alert because I told her happy birthday earlier because her birthday is January 7th. Um, there are some very significant things that happened back in January 7th and 8th of 2008, starting all the way back in 2007, having to do with the numeral eight where a whole series of events where I, um, in the eighth month of the year in August, on um, the second, which again, or the actually was the 11th, which was interesting enough, a coincidence. It was the 11th of August in 2007 for me, which was an eight numeral day. I asked for a $20 raise because I was making $25 an hour as a group fitness instructor, and I asked for 45 an hour, and Shireen Paulson, the group fitness director, said, okay, I'll see what I can do. I totally forgot about it, but then I was in a numeral seven year. So that's why, for example, my numeral seven year I was in, right? And so when you add it to the eighth month of the year, that would be a 15, so which was August. So 15, one and five is six. That's what made me have a sixth month. And so on the 11th, six plus 11 is 17. One and seven is eight. So eight is the numeral of power, money, and fame. And that's when I asked her on that day for the raise because I, I was reading the book Numerology for Beginners. And then um, – I totally forgot about it because she didn't say anything after that. And then the next month was September 17th was my birthday, so I transitioned from a, a numeral seven year into a numeral eight year. And then I, you know, and then on January 8th of 2008, um, I went and picked up my check because I still did such things back then. I didn't have direct deposit, and um, I didn't get a twenty-dollar raise, but I went from twenty-five to thirty-three, which is an eight-dollar difference. So all of the, and I only saw this in retrospect after looking back at that situation because I, was like, I thought to myself, I wonder if I can numerous go back in time and see what happens. And I know I went over that really fast, so anybody hearing that, it seems like I might have glossed over it, but it's some pretty super out of control astronomically coincidental things that happened for me to in the eighth month on my personal eight day, um, and then transition into a personal eight year, which is the year of power money and fame. and to then on, September, on January 8th. Because the day before was my friend Christine's birthday, and so I didn't go to pick up my check at that time because, interestingly enough, at that gym, we picked up our checks on the 7th and the 22nd, 15 days apart. But I was with her on her birthday, and we went to go pick it up on the 8th of January in 2008, and I got an $8 raise. And I mean, that's just bizarre. But like, who gets an $8 raise? You know what I mean? It was no <laughs> round number. I mean, maybe the letter 8 is round. But it proved to me that there's something to it because not only did she not give any resistance to giving me the raise, but she gave me as much as I think she possibly could. You know, I asked for a ridiculous amount. Um, And so uh, and then also thirty three going from twenty five to thirty three is thirty three is a master number in numerology. So um, so things like that. Um, Anyway, so so going back to what I was asking, really, and, and I gave that story to just give it some background and depth to see why I'm so um, so steadfast in uh, in knowing this is that I saw exact results of doing, as the book Numerology for Beginners suggested, um, are there parts of people's personality in, in astrology that they can use like that, where there's a specific time that's favorable for them, and I use the money aspect of it because I'm very mercenary, and it's very important for me to have access to do the things that I want to do in my life. And so I use that as an example. But what are some things in astrology, like times and their chart or times during their life that they can, for example, um, have a favorable time where they can go with the flow?
0: OK, I get what you're asking me. <clears throat> I will give the planetary ruler. is Pluto. Pluto has a strong influence on money and each personality has a different trait. So say, for instance, your sun is close to Pluto in chart form, say it's 120 degrees or 100 degrees. But it's funny that you brought up the numeral eight, because if certain planets that are in aspect, like if Mercury is in aspect to Pluto in the eighth house, Or your moon is in the 8th house. Venus is in the 8th house. Mars is in the 8th house. Jupiter is in the 8th house. Saturn is in the 8th house. Uranus is in the 8th house. If any of those motions are in the 8th house, there is where money is strengthened in your chart. So anytime Mm. that Pluto hits your 8th house, there will be a money aspect there to it.
2: Mm.
0: Or if you have signs in Scorpio, people with Scorpio placements have a good list with money and that money is strengthened because pluto controls other people's money that's the joke that's why i make the joke about people with strong pluto placements or pluto rule charts having inheritances even if they don't have any relatives living somebody's going to leave them money or they're going to come into some money
1: Mm.
0: But Pluto is, if you look at where Pluto is in the chart, it shows where your money is. And yeah. I'll, I'll read a brief description. Like if you have Pluto in the first house, it's financial power in personal matters emphasized by Sun and Aries or Venus in the first house. So if you have Venus in the first house, your money, powers, and personal matters will be emphasized. Financial power In the second house is in personal finances and possessions. And this is emphasized by Venus in Taurus or Venus in the second house. So look for Pluto and Venus to see where your money is because they tie hand in hand. So anytime you have a Venus transit where Pluto crosses, well, Venus moves faster. So Venus will cross Pluto and they're like, oh, that's a money day. So it can be a a period of time for two to three weeks where you're just finding money or getting job opportunities or anything, depending on what house it's in. So the eighth house.
1: And uh, by the way, I just, I just let uh, Andrea into the queue. She was calling in.
0: Okay, come Uh, on up. But I just wanted to give a, a brief example of where, if wherever Pluto is in your houses. Is where you'll see money but it comes in so many different forms like yeah. the house is about your talent so if you're talented yeah. it's taking your true talent to the highest level being your truest self and taking the lead. The sixth house work on, working on being in service or you'll make a lot of money in health related matters so you'll see a lot of nurses with sixth house Pluto because they just want to take care of the general public but they right. make a lot of money
1: well, that's interesting that you say sixth house and the numbers, the numeral six. Andrea, don't come for me. Don't come for me. What? What I do? <laughs> <laughs> no, i just, I just, I just saw Shemari, Ahu, for the first time today in a long time. So you know how he says that. Don't come for me. Oh <laughs> not <Don't> come.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, the
1: but before before Andrea gets into that, I just want to say that the numeral six in numerology is also about that helping people. It's the number of being worldly, wise, sophisticated, and bringing global communities together. Not in the same way that the numeral two is like nurturing, mothering, and feminine, but it's also that Mother, Ther- it's that Mother Teresa energy, that six um, of, of of uniting people. So I think mm-hmm. that's interesting, too.
0: So they, they work right together. And you know what it's emphasized by? The financial power of the six houses em- emphasized by? Pluto in Virgo.
1: So Pluto so in Virgo. Shuffling some cards.
0: Yeah. Oh, you should go ahead and shuffle it up. What I'm saying <laughs> is each one has a different exalted place. Like the 10th house, which is ruled by Capricorn, the financial power is big business being top dog leadership roles. I'm a Capricorn 10th house, so I've always been pushed into leadership roles, even though my Neptune says it's not really that self-doubting, depreciating energy. It's like, no, I don't think I'm supposed to have it, but it's emphasized by either Pluto in Capricorn or Venus in the 10th house as well.
2: Because only people who say, no, I'm not supposed to have it are the ones who are truly worthy of it. It's not the people running up to the front that you want to knight as leaders. It's the people saying, no, I'll stay in the back. Those are the people you want to lead. (laughs) <laughs> and this is coming from
0: an industrial psychologist you guys so
2: do me do me
0: okay <laughs> okay okay now the apps and the link to the website are in the links at the very top of the page so if you want to pop up and pull up your app or you, got you want the-
2: me to open up my co-star and read it to you i <laughs> yes. mean we're friends so i think you can read it or how does that work i don't know
0: you would have to read it to
2: me okay Let's
1: see. Let me open up my app, Hold on. Y'all are doing. I just want to say that um, I'm getting on my bike to just change location, so I may be a little bit silent for a while, which is probably a good thing. Um, but I'll be uh, more back on the mic if necessary uh, in about 20 minutes or so.
0: Okay, cool. Ride out. Now I got to hear this, Miss Raquel.
2: Strange person is asking to view my chart. Like for what? No. Okay, so you want me to read the table, <laughs> or what you want me to read? Oh, read me your
0: big three at the top when you first open it.
2: At the top of the table where it says Gemini, Leo, and Libra. Um, Ascend- Gemini, Ascendant, one. Leo, Moon. Well, it's actually, actually, that whole, whole centerpiece is one long chart, so they don't necessarily go together. But it says Ascendant, one. Moon, Pluto, Uranus, Neptune, Mercury, Jupiter, Sun, Venus, Mars, Saturn. Okay, so it's in that order. It says Gemini, Leo, Libra, and it says 1, 4, 5 on the upside.
0: Okay, so that's the first house, the fourth house, and the fifth house. So Gemini in the first house is the ascendant. You say Leo in the fourth house or the fifth house? Fourth. Fourth. Okay, Leo is the root. The fourth house is the root the less dominant parent. So when you look at Leo in the fourth house, I'm going to pull that up out of this book as well. The houses in this system. And then you say the fifth house is Gemini.
2: Uh uh Libra in the fifth house, Gemini one, Leo four and Libra five. But here's the crazy thing. When it goes down, it says Sagittarius six and seven. And it says Capricorn 8, Aquarius 9, and Aries 11, and Gemini
0: 12. So it's Gemini in the first and the 12th. Oh, so it's a cusp. It moves, it's right at the time. You were born at a time period where it was transitioning, almost rising into it. So you're at that cusp energy. That Gemini energy for rising is just like the Quicksilver energy. That's a Mercury (laughs) part. Rural charge. Hey, Fifi, how you doing, Dove? Right. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to look at that first house. And where is, let's see, let's see, let's see, because I got the book in front of me and the app as well. I'll read through some of the houses. The first house is your personality, your appearance. That so you give that very Gemini Quicksilver, very similar to Hakeem, but a little lighter on the the cynicism and mag the what I want to call it, the Wolverine like nature.
2: More more Professor X than Magneto.
0: Right, but it's like two mm-hmm. sides of that same coin.
2: Mm-hmm. And then on some days I could be Professor X, and on other days I could be Amanda Waller.
0: Yeah, at <laughs> a club up. One <laughs> of the most interesting placements you just told me about was your eleventh house. You have
1: Aries in the eleventh house,
0: and that's friendships, hopes, wishes, and hobbies.
1: I'm glad y'all are on board with the um the the comic book uh, character references. Um, and I always also, have
2: been. I've always been Professor X. I came.
1: I I know this, but um, also two things. One, um, I just realized that today is Saturday. And so I still have, the dojo is not occupied now. So I don't have to go all the way to, um, the bookstore to have some quiet and I don't feel like it anyway because it's super cold. And, um, so I'm going to probably Uber there later, just out of convenience, but also, um, Amanda Waller, isn't she from uh, DC Comics? DC. She's like that, that mm-hmm. super witch that they fought in mm-hmm. um, Suicide Squad? No.
2: Uh-uh. Amanda, Amanda Waller is Professor X of Su- Suicide Squad. She's the black woman behind the scenes, Nick Fury pulling the strings.
1: Oh, out okay. That's who Amanda Waller. Okay, way I thought, okay.
2: more ruthless. She's
1: right. Way I got you. Yeah, she's yeah, That's she it. is very yeah. ruthless. That's right. Got it. Okay.
0: All right. I see Let's it. See. Go inside your head and then give you a hug.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. So when I'm looking at this area of life that you're ruling the 11th house with, you rule your, the 11th house is like humanitarian. And when we were talking earlier, you were saying philanthropy.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So you have the action of Mars, which is Aries, the Mars ruled sign that drive to help people but not in like the sixth house version where it's about medical feel. It's about literally giving damn near the shirt off your back to get to help. And that says a lot about your character as well. Mm -mm. And that that really...
2: I thought mm-hmm. that sixth house nurse thing you were saying earlier was funny because that was my grandmother. She was actually a nurse like her whole entire life, even when she retired, she still went back and was doing the midwife thing in her eighties, so she's a virgo like I keep, so I thought that was funny that's <laughs> as well, so she may have had
0: a Pluto aspect in that house mhm drew her to that medical field, and they do excellent in certain fields, and I wanna talk about how people can use astrology charts to map out good jobs for people oh that's what i wanted to ask you about
2: too that's why i came up here in the first place because i love what hakeem was describing how he went back over time period and applied to numerology i've done that i've looked at the seven year cycles and different time periods um from a backtracking standpoint that's why i have respect for it but i never do it on a forward standpoint, you know what I mean? And so now being in a space where I'm like, okay, well, I ain't really looking for a job and I ain't really trying to do shit. So, hey, and, oh, and I trust this and Hakeem because I don't let people read me. So let me go on and see what the stars are saying to me right now because I'm chilling and I'm in the flow. So go on and tell me what it is, boo.
0: Where that sign sits at is your attitude towards money and the way you shifted my perspective on money. I went from the Tarian material wealth of this world to every bit of money is an energy source. Yeah. That, that applies to Neptune as well, that dreamy energy, that mystic energy that just pops into your lap.
2: When you know that everything is yours and it don't matter what the money looks like.
0: Yep. And what I'm looking at, your financial power would be in the 11th house. Leading a group, friendships, ideals, computers, emphasized by Uranus in the eighth house.
2: Uh, what you said, I don't know. I missed it. What happened?
0: It says your financial power, especially with the Aries in the 11th house, is leading a group, friendships, ideals, and computers. In retrospect, was that kind of your work history?
2: Yeah, that's my work history and my nonprofit and what I've been doing for the past fifteen years.
0: And that's what I love about astrology. In retrospect, we can look back and see those mm-hmm. little. Yeah, uh,
2: uh, Collaborative retrospective analysis to together, so that they can, um, you know, it's well. The mission of Better Me Inc. is this: improving communities, businesses, and lifestyles one solution at a time. So the idea is. The TX execs are working together, building each other, boosting each other, helping helping each other build and strengthen their brand so that individually each person can go out and help improve their community individually. That's the idea. So I guess that's the gist. Of what you're
0: doing. Yeah. And it was a natural inclination. You just wanted to do
2: that. There was no
0: push for it. It was like, this is what I'm drawn to do.
2: It just made sense.
0: Right. Even though it man that make sense to anybody else, that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's what you're doing. Yeah. And another thing, what house did it say Sagittarius was in?
2: Oh, oh, that was my sixth. My, oh, it's a few of them. Uh, hold on, what's that? Sagittarius six. is six and seven. And then Capricorn is eight again.
0: Capricorn in the eighth. So I'm looking back in this book. The sixth and seventh house. When I'm looking at this piece here, what you spend your money on. Small, delicate items, your health, making your life run smoothly, and your
2: pets. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilariously, disgustingly true.
0: Yep. I'm just (laughs) flipping. I'm looking at the- Small,
2: delicate items. That would be like my little technology stuff. My little special, I like certain specialty items of jewelry. Not a lot. I don't have a bunch of shit. But, you know, it's my certain items, my amethyst necklace, uh, my my baubles that I put in my hair, little things, like even clothing. It's a specialty item.
0: Yep. Very special. Obviously,
2: you know about Fifi. <laughs> right. And technology, you know about that. I spend my money on my business, my technology, and improving shit with the next level. That's, that's it. That's a wrap right there. That's me. <laughs> I want to
1: say uh hello to Rudy. Rudy, how you doing? Welcome.
0: Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Y'all still sitting in and listening
2: in? Seeing the rare observance that the sugar free coach get a reading. <laughs> <laughs> First time ever on the internet.
0: <laughs> and what's in your eighth house?
2: That's Capricorn.
0: Capricorn. Now this may be a little spicy.
2: Mm, and, I'm sure
0: <laughs> an attraction to unusual sexual relationships or maybe no sex at all can be drawn. To heartless-
2: <laughs> hold on wait 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 wait. hold on hold on you got to start over hold on one second let me take my bluetooth off so you can be heard by all people in the room hold on okay and this is the eighth house now what the eight describe what the eighth house is now
0: an attraction to unusual sexual relationships, or maybe no sex at all, can be drawn to partners that represent a sexual taboo.
2: <sighs> <laughs> so that would be an example of being demisexual. First of all, that's what they call it. They call um, they used to call it asexual, but now they call it demisexual. And that's what they say about Capricorns. Anyway, is that Capricorns tend to be prudish until you really get to know them or draw them in close. Yep. You and missed it. Say it again, Cicely. <laughs> the eighth house has
0: an attraction to unusual sexual relationships or maybe no sex at all. Can be drawn to partners that represent sexual taboos. <laughs> I th- that's that's hilarious. hilarious. I think it really is. Like I'm just tickled. Pink. They
2: always say that about Capricorns but nobody don't ever believe it. And I Capricorns know. always come off as so uptight and prudish. You're know, Fifi outside. Yeah, that's 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 what they. And you don't even have to go down to the houses. They always say that about Capricorns. Yep, but that's a
0: specific house placement for you.
2: So I'm a double Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's magnified in certain aspects. And that's where Mars. Mars is also ruling the 11th house because you have Aries in the 11th house. Uh-huh. Emphasis on <clears throat> friends, especially those who are dynamic, lovers, or vice versa. Potential pitfalls, arguing with friends, being bossy or controlling in social settings, competing with partners and friends. That's the pitfall if you're
2: not aware of the place. Uh-huh. Yep, that's that Aries energy. Yep. energy too.
0: Cut it out. Places to meet a partner at a social event, club, or society, or through a friend.
1: Oh, and
2: you left your toy outside. Okay, i get it for you. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, sister.
0: And what's your Mars sign?
2: Um Mars sign, is that the one that says in the 11th house, Aries?
0: No, it's in the piece is it just the chart piece where you have the let me open the app and look at it, because I got the book and the app in front of me okay
2: you oh. chart in the so I'm supposed to look somewhere else?
0: No, where you see how it says the signs listed on one side and in the middle it says ascendant moon mars jupiter.
2: Uh maybe in the circle maybe. Yes. Let's see. So, okay, so when I click on this, let's see in the table it lists all the signs on the left. It lists in the middle, Ascendant, Moon, Pluto, Uranus, Neptune, Mercury, Jupiter, Sun, Venus. Mars is next to Aries, next to 11. Um, then it gives me the Sun in Capricorn, Moon in Leo. Oh, so you want me to scroll down and see what it says about Mars? Yes. Okay, Mars in Aries, yeah. You want me to read it? Yes, because
0: you have Mars in its correct
2: place. OK, so it says Mars and Aries, Mars in the planet of aggression. It determines how you assert yourself, take action in the energy that surrounds you, particularly in your sex life, your ambitiousness and when you're when you're angry. Your Mars is an Aries, meaning you assert yourself in a way that is to the point and impulsive. You love to make things happen, and you push things forward with energy and enthusiasm. You have a short temper but are quick to forgive, the bravest sign of the zodiac. It's in your 11th house, meaning you put a lot of energy into social status, including platonic and casual friends, along with your hopes, wishes, and dreams. (laughs) Then it says uh, more about your relationships, where you're coming from, and then you could go deeper on there.
0: So with that, I I see you as that person that is willing to take that action and always willing to say the thing that everybody was thinking but didn't want to say. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh. So you know, I'm not really a people person, the energy I put into my relationships. But that's what they say, though. They say, like, uh, it's, you know, the multiple tests, the INFJ and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's a balance of introversion and extroversion where <clears throat> the type of introvert I am is when I come in a room, I might not get to know everybody in the room. I might just get to know three people. But I know those three people really, really well. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So in this book, it says Mars and Aries. What you want action, things happen quickly, love of the chase, plenty of exciting and daring sex. How to get what you want by being direct and assertive, making being good fun, making the first move. What turns you on? The erroneous zones are around your head and ears and to control your impatience, low boredom threshold in oh, hey, hey, hey.
1: Did you say <laughs> erroneous or is it erogenous sounds
0: erogenous I'm just, not bad. I'm just
1: checking okay
0: very virgo energy that's why he's my co-host <laughs> i knew i meant what you knew right uh-huh. you heard what i said <laughs> control your impulsiveness impatience, impatience low boredom threshold and desire for the next sexual conquest
2: Oh, wow. That is so not me. But I get it. I get the the energy and the type of like the potential for being that way. And I get how like similar personalities and the image of how I can come off like that. I get it. Yeah. Uh, that's that n- nature versus nurture thing. You can either just be what you were born to be or your upbringing can impact it. Right. I don't get bored. <laughs>
0: ever. <laughs> Period at all. Like ever. Spoken like a true Gemini rising. <laughs> Ain't no boredom. I'm gonna get something done and move. You me. know, <laughs> shoot.
2: Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: No problem. I just wanted to get a a good base reading for a lot because a lot of people are skeptical about astrology. They feel as if it's something for the masses, but in reality, it is for the masses. But it's a lot deeper than. Just the sun sign. Everybody has 24 individual placements that they use to make a chart. Right. A roadmap of things that you might not be aware of or if you get stuck somewhere, especially when it comes to matters of money. And when I'm looking at matters of money, that goes for Mars, Venus. So Mars and Venus control pretty much action action pleasure so money is the energy of what do I need to have this pleasure in life and you were saying that Venus was
2: in what house uh let's see let's see let's see let's see I think it was Sagittarius hold on let me see oh Aquarius
0: Ooh, so that is a very interesting style of love because it can be totally non-sexual mm-hmm. or but it's concerned around those saturn slash uranus
2: pieces you want me to read it <laughs> it's funny it's what you just now said venus is an aquarius uh, venus determines how and what you love it indicates how you express affection And the qualities you're attracted to. Your Venus is in Aquarius, meaning your romantic side is unconventional, intellectual, and somewhat detached. You can be bubbly and obvious when you like someone, but typically you prefer forms of intimacy less obvious than romance. It's Hmm. in your house, meaning that for you, love is often expressed in philosophy, faith, education, and politics. (laughs) <laughs> that's very true that and that's a that's a counterbalance to the last thing so uh um, it would be interesting to know like which one is the dominant is it you know what I mean is the Aries or is the Aquarius more dominant in that because what you read that's not really me that boredom and all that kind of stuff that conquest that's not really me but this right here that's more me so I get is it does it work like the 11th and the 9th how do you determine do you know what I mean I I remember the other day you telling me something about me being a nine, but I don't know if that's tied to this.
0: You remind me of a life path nine, but in astrology, since it's ever moving, it's about the transits. So if you have a Mars transit that is close to Uranus, it's going to give a sexual energy or a frustration to it and the way you express love is in an intellectual way so you sometimes can have conflict of do i really want to fuck with this person or do i feel like just not being bothered huh. and then in this book your ideal partner is an intellectual able to own, hold their own in a discussion appreciate your love a friend and isn't friends and isn't threatened by them that sound like tea (laughs) Mm -hmm. that laid back energy of I understand that this person is an intellectual as well and can hold their own in their own conversations and do their own work and still want to be with someone
2: Mm -hmm. I also like the balance the way, it, you know, how we talked earlier about like with whether you talking about astrology or whether you talking about the neurodivergence or whatever it is, <clears throat> we talking about these spectrums and, you know, the potentials, not necessarily like the knowing of, hey, you can be this way or you can be that way. And maybe in one instance, it might be more beneficial for you to be more fluid into that direction or fluid into that direction. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's how you have to be all the time.
0: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's based on the transit. So if you're unaware of a transit, you may fall into a habit right. that they're
2: right. T- control. Right. You caught up in that Mercury retrograde thinking that it's a horrible time and not realizing that it's your most powerful time of the year. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the time to be loaded into the slingshot because as soon as it's over, you slingshot into the next level.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it gives a really powerful outlook when you know the information like knowing is half the battle not GI Joe see I love the random comic
2: book (laughs) and (laughs) TV references sprinkled all the way through this is interesting so for today it says Are they interesting or just emotionally unavailable? Power in routine, sex and love and self. Trouble with thinking and creativity, spirituality and social life. Today, there's a little voice in your head telling you that it is selfish to ask for help. It is not. You just haven't accepted that in this life positivity is its own kind of illusion. That's what me and Hakeem was talking about the other day. Pay attention. Try not to turn people into functions. Your desire to change this month depends on your ability to go after what you want. This is no small feat for a person who likes to maintain a high level of tension in their relationships. Huh? Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to practice love that defies societal expectations. The broader focus of your life during this time is to funnel your excess energy into starting a new project, but be wary of stretching yourself too thin. Desire for love is universal, just like the struggle to accept it. Let yourself believe that you deserve it. I love when they tell me shit I already know. I love
0: it. It's a general for everybody.
2: A lot of people just aren't that aware. Right. And, you know, the people who are like, oh, it's generic and oh, it's not. Well, what? It is generic, but it allows you to get closer to that uh, that place of balance, that place of neutrality, if you will, based on where you are. Right. So based on where you are on the Zodiac or on the chart or on the spectrum or whatever, you're further away from that center point of balance and neutrality. So me and your thing might say the exact same thing, but our path to getting there is not the same because we're not faced, we're not presented with the same challenges. Yep.
0: It's all about bringing homeostasis with awareness of these different aspects. Like if I know that if I'm in the wrong transit space, I can get really impulsive because I'm an Aries son in the 12th house. I can look at myself like, why am I feeling this way? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yep. Why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling irritated or whatever? And then you know, oh, it's because Venus is turning flip flops. Okay, well, I just let it pass.
0: Yeah. But if you're totally
2: unaware of it, you be walking around here flipping tables, beating people up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my do's and don'ts. Are you avoiding conflict for today through Tuesday? Today, there's a little voice in your head telling you that it's selfish to ask for help. I read that already. Do's. Read a good book, escape fantasies or read escape fantasies and slow down. Don't. Tantrums, judgments, or bad boundaries. (laughs) So you
0: got a Neptune aspect showing up. It's asking you to jump into fantasy and out of realism. Mm -hmm. And Neptune in the houses denotes music, the cinema, Essential oils, perfumes, mystery, glassware, fishing, romance, photography, and secret societies. Uh. So jump off into some fun stuff.
2: Girl, you know, that's what I'm already doing. (laughs) (laughs) We was just talking about that (laughs) just earlier. It's so funny. I love it. It's so much fun.
0: It's just that I love the information because if you don't know, now you know. You got a little piece of information, but you were already Mm -hmm. inclined to go for it. And now you have the information behind it. Like, oh, okay, I've been too real these days. Let me relax and jump into a nice mystery or
2: some type of beautiful essential oil or some really good music. But if you're communing, if you're being, you're in or communing, then you're already doing everything it's telling you to do. Mm Because yourself right you already know without you know what I mean you already know because you like there's multiple places that we can pull the information from like y'all were talking about earlier like with the bible and the stories of the bible right so you might get a download through meditating or you might read a chart or you might go take a personality test or you might right be reading the bible or whatever but ultimately all these different things ultimately all confirm the same thing yep that's Isn't how you great- know that's all those people were like oh it's fake it's this is that oh why should I read a horoscope and let it tell me what to do you shouldn't you shouldn't It's <laughs> it should be confirming you know it should be confirming what you already know in your spirit and what you've already been looking at and studying and meditating on
0: yep and if you haven't started that journey it's a good place to start because it gives yep. you the basics
2: information that's right and instead of feeling all crazy like oh i'm so weird oh what's wrong with me then you see oh this is exactly who the hell i'm supposed to be let me figure out what to do with it yes
0: it's like work it's i call astrology a self-study you're studying Mm -hmm. yourself and studying your own future
2: you get to create your own future well i'm gonna get on off the stage now i appreciate y'all letting me come up here and um getting my little reading. I appreciate what y'all are doing. It's so much fun, and I'm loving this platform. I'm loving y'all's format. It's very fun listening to y'all talk and bounce off of each other and talk about the numbers and numerology and astrology and all that. Y'all we, keep it up. We
1: definitely, definitely love having you here. It's it's um, it's um so great for your energy to be up here with us because, um, you know, the space is, you know, we've been hanging out, figuring this out for a while, and to have you come up here and also have, you know, so much depth of what you're talking about and just sharing everything and being so open to it is awesome. I love hearing. Can't it. wait and, you know,
2: till we get to do it yeah. in person.
1: <laughs>
2: That's right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm gonna keep listening.
0: All right, I appreciate you coming up, y'all.
2: I'm gonna tell you, I love this lady. I love
0: this lady. Like she's so awesome. It's like we're two sides of the same coin. And then I got Hakeem up here, Mr. Big Head.
1: Fahim, are those your dogs in that picture? They, they look like some nice uh, uh, shepherds. Mm-hmm. German shepherds. Oh, you know, so funny today, the The very first paper that I read um, was based out of Germany. When I, The first thing I went on, uh, a wisdom earlier, So I woke up dreaming in German and then was stuck in like this German accent for most of the day. And then the first thing I read was a paper based out of Germany. I think that's kind of hilarious.
0: It's the synchronicities for me. Oh, the synchronicities for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. I do have a, a quick topic I wanted to dive, it, dive into about the life paths of astrology. So
1: the so first what hmm? you said you wanted to dive into the life path astrology?
0: Life paths of astrology.
1: Okay, How, did, how does that work?:
0: When you're working with planetary returns, it's a planetary return. Each planet can return at different points in your life and present a different type of challenge.
1: Okay. Oh, and and that's like how your your um your Neptune is returned, right?
0: Saturn has returned. Oh,
1: Saturn. Sorry, Saturn. Yes, your Saturn has returned. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: but they all return throughout your life in different. You know how we get stuck in cycles. So mm-hmm. if you find yourself stuck in a cycle and you're about this age, you can look to this planet and see what you need to work on. Like the first set, the first seven years is the first Saturn's quarter return. And that's like going to school, going to middle school. And then the first Jupiter return is at 12 onset of puberty, growing up at 14 years. You hit a half Saturn return with teenage problems, exams, all of those teenage angsty problems, and Saturn is the planet of limitations and expansions. So you get extreme limitations, and then you expand.
1: Rudy, what's up?
0: Hello, darling. Welcome in.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was here for a while. I forgot to say hello back to him, but you know, just uh, anybody too, uh, Rudy or Fahim, if you guys. Uh, have any questions, please chime in.
0: Absolutely. I'll definitely be answering any questions if you want your chart read. The links are in the top section. I have an Astro app up there and a free Astro website that you can really get lost in and dig your teeth in. Now, the 21 year age is the second Saturn quarter return, and that's the coming of age story of 21. At 24, you hit the second Jupiter return, and that's about finding your way in the world. And 29, the first Saturn return. That's where I am. Maturity, responsibilities, growing up, all of those things. So it's really a rough point if you weren't standing on solid ground because those limitations come in hard and then you have to expand past them. And then you have 36 years, which is the third Jupiter return. And a lot of people celebrate. You always find something to celebrate around the 30s. It's like you've come through the hardships of the 20s and all of the adjustments of growing up. And now it's something to celebrate. Now, the next one, 42 years, is a Uranus half return. And it's the midlife crisis starting point. But it also shakes up everything because Uranus is the energy of a club up, kick the door down, knock every damn thing over and start fresh. And then 45 years old, you get the second Saturn return, half return questioning your life choices. So that plays off of the last energy of 42 with the midlife crisis. So you're starting to question your life choices and things of that nature. 48 years old is the fourth Jupiter's return, looking for meaning in life. Like, what does this mean? I've lived this long. I've worked 20 years. I'm retiring now. What's the meaning? And then you hit, that's the whole expansion of the 50s. You hit year 60 and you hit your fifth Jupiter return. Reaping the rewards of your life. And the second Saturn return hits at the same time. Taking stock of your life. What actually matters. Where you're going. <laughs> Excuse me. So all of that is when people hit their 60s. They call it that, that retirement time. The second stage of life. Then you have 72 years old. The sixth Jupiter return, making the most out of it after struggling through Jupiter's return and Saturn's return at 60. 75 years is the third Saturn half return, which is about adjusting to old age. 84 years is Uranus's your return, growing old disgracefully. Ooh, growing old disgracefully. That's when people start cutting up, I guess. And that is the seventh Jupiter return, looking for fresh challenges. So they are ready to fight because they made it. Well, shit, if I make it to 84, I'd be ready to um, cut up too. And 90 years is the third Saturn return, the wisdom of old age. So it's really interesting how in astrology, a lot of your major focal points in life tie in with certain planets. And I know in numerology, once you hit a certain year, you may have a tough year or a easy flowing year based on the numeral. Cause I know you say seven is a lucky year for you.
1: Um, well, I, I don't know about that. I just know that seven has to do with spirituality and intuition and, um, it's supposed to be the time when you slow down and take things easy and and, and reflect inwards. So if you try to push things like if that are really fast paced into the like debt, it's a mistake because that, that's, you have enough time for that the next year of the eight year of power, money and fame. And you're just coming off of that a little bit when you're in the year before that, the sixth year, which is one of sophistication, worldly wiseness, um, you dining people from diverse places, you know, bringing basically community building, and so that's what the six is, and eight is power, money, and fame. So seven is to slow down and kind of take a break, but also to reflect upon everything you've done, so that you can prepare for the windfall, so to speak, of the the numeral eight here. But I don't I don't know if it's about um, anything uh, not necessarily going your way, I'll, although I knew do know that. The numeral five here, which is in the, in the middle, can be considered to be fickle, but also could be just things pop in and out of uh, your schedule suddenly, like things get canceled. But it's also traveling and also communication with words. The five is very complex. It's right in the middle, um, but, but yeah, I don't know about um, things being difficult necessarily. I mean, I, but then again, it could be because I don't look at I don't necessarily look at all the um, disruptive aspects of the numerals. As as far as long as I've been doing it, I've kind of been sticking to one side of the coin.
0: Ah, OK. And that that gives more positive outlook.
1: It's just that I'm not as distracted. I know that that crap happens. So it's just like I think that anything that's disruptive can be dealt with in a similar way by by um, knowing that everything's not going to be perfect and just still focusing on the goal of like going forward and that whatever comes up. Just expect it. You know, it's OK. This could happen.
0: Thing, so. hmm. that's pretty freaking cool I never would have thought of it that way it's really cool actually well, Some- when you have a,
1: a lot of stuff happen like that you have to find ways to deal with it efficiently so it doesn't slow you down
2: yeah uh,
0: yeah for you to be such a magneto destroy the world super villain you have a really positive outlook
1: i don't have a positive outlook i just don't want to be noticed for um a lot of things like magneto you know he retreated into you know europe and lived in a you know in a a rural setting in the middle of the woods with his family until you know some fools came along and messed with him and 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 accidentally killed his family and so then that's only when he teamed up with Apocalypse and wanted to destroy the world. So yeah. that's where I'm at. I'm like, crack the fucking planet in half.
0: <laughs> Using energetic frequencies and sound.
1: But, yeah, but otherwise I would rather just just go along and, and, you know, just do my work, work at the factory, you know what I'm saying, just chill out not be seeing that much, just getting the flow. Like, I mean, I'm kind of in, a, in an interesting routine now, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's really not, it's like there's things that I have to do on a schedule, but I'm kind of, I'm blending in while being very radical in a lot of the things that I do. You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things that are unconventional, but I, I get to work, you know, a job, so to speak, and have it help to fuel and bootstrap my business and just do all kinds of things that I want to do. And by doing that, I can blend in. Um, but I'm, but I just get upset by things that kind of disrupt that. Like earlier when, you know, Hussein came in and I know I could have just, I couldn't, I didn't have to say anything. Right. But it's like, come on, man. Like I'm not, I'm not against any disruption. And it's not like I'm supposed like people are supposed to agree with everything, but right out the cage, he's just like, y'all are all full of shit, has no basis in science. And, and just starts name calling and like, the asses for the masses or whatever. It's like, dude, what kind of smoky dokey crack are you on? Like why would you just come in someplace and just do that? What kind of you know, and it's like that's anyway. Um so that's what irres me. Like I just I'm like challenge all you want. Like Mace came in here yesterday and was really like pushing against stuff and like, well what is this? What is that? How do you believe you know, but respectful
0: yeah, he was genuinely interested. He wasn't just being rude. He just wanted to know if it had any validity. I can deal with that kind of testing. Hi, Scott. And, and,
1: and the thing is, he doesn't really think, for the most part, that it has any validity. Most of the shows and the stuff that he does, he's a skeptic. He's one of the kind of guys who pushes hard against a lot of things, which is really cool. You know, he, he's very objective thinker, and he, you know, studies philosophy. And uh, hello, Scott. And so, but it was, just, it's just good to see that, well, there are mature human beings in the world. That's all.
0: Right. And he was very young too and mature. Yeah. I appreciate it. Ooh, now there is a page where I want to hop on this Uranus versus Neptune argument one more time
2: Yeah,
0: because I have Uranus and Neptune both in the ninth house. And Uranus in the ninth house denotes that you may meet your partner in an unexpected way while traveling. The partner may practice an unconventional religion or way of life. And then with Neptune in the ninth house, idealistic, a long journey can lead to a significant relationship. Your partner may be connected with education travel or politics so it's really funny when i think of partnerships i don't think of just sexual partnerships how i met people that practice life in a very unconventional way like you and miss raquel y'all are very unconventional and i met y'all in passing through the education system so that's neptune in the ninth house as well as uranus in the ninth house you don't find that suspicious?
1: I find that very suspicious.
0: I find that very suspicious. like partnerships created out of that dreamy Neptune energy. But it's about that Uranus unconventionality. It's like unconventional. I met two very unconventional people in the education system just out here doing their thing and it's like hey I like you guys we can be friends and then with the aspects of Uranus so I have Uranus in the ninth house in the sign of Capricorn so Uranus and Capricorn its influence in my chart is based off of Saturn aspecting Uranus. The tension between being conventional and breaking the rules can prefer, can be emotionally detached and prefer logic to love. And I don't like how that kind of just called I put myself on the spot there. Cause a lot of times I seem too detached, too logical. And I'm trying to come into a separate aspect, but with Neptune aspecting Venus in my chart this month, I'm diving into the dreaminess of love and that type of pleasure because, in my mind, a lot of that shit is just frivolous.
1: Mm. You know, my I did a reading earlier with the runes, the Viking runes, and um, it told me that I need to slow way down, that it basically told me I need to wait till spring. Um, before I even start to think about um, any kind of involvement with anybody or anything. It, like, it was really, every single thing was, very, like, be very cautious. Be very cautious.
0: Be careful. Yeah,
1: it's like, okay, buddy, take it easy now.
0: Mmm. Mm. Now, on the opposite side, we have Neptune in the exact same place. With Neptune and Capricorn, an ability to combine practicality and inspiration. There can be emotional tension, and disappointments oh, can be sure, really it. hard. Oh, me and disappointments. I am the biggest fucking crybaby when I get disappointed. Not even getting angry, just disappointed. Just sheer disappointment will rock my core, and they're like, "Why are you such a crybaby?" Because I expected something more in this, but it's really that Neptune, the Neptune, watery, ro- ultra romantic, even with the logical brain, ultra romance kind of feeling. It's like, ugh, "Girl, get over yourself, stop crying," and it's like two sides of the same coin because both of them are in Capricorn, and it's like, "Oh." cut out the waterworks, but lately with venus being in harmony with neptune and mars in harmony with my uranus i'm finding a good balance finding a really good balance in logic and love and building relationships in a manner that i see fit even if they seem taboo to everybody else makes sense to me Just unconventional motion breaking down walls. And you know what? I'm really enjoying you guys tonight. (laughs) These are the type of relationships I like to build something built off logic.
1: But you know, a lot of people, though, will try to tell you that there's nothing logical about astrology. Uh-huh. Pitch posh. I mean I mean what 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 say you to that? How would you answer that? Because that was basically uh someone else's argument earlier, except they didn't put it in the best way. So you
0: know, there is no but- lie to it the logic is in the placement of the stars if these stars are moving if these planets and stars are moving in tandem with our solar system with our body and being it's almost as if you can feel the energy like how the moon controls the planet control the tides and we're 70 percent water that's logic water is pushed and pulled by the moon. We've documented that for years. That's logical. To me. What do you think?
1: Right. Well, but then, you know, there was some, um, that could be said, yes, that's a, you know, something that's considered to be, you know, a truth or fact in, in science. Um, however, the thing you mentioned about uh, how friends in nursing and about how the full moon affects people coming into the emergency room and, and, you know, different kinds of injuries that seem to increase them. There's also been some other meta analysis that say that there's no truth to that. that mm.
2: uh,
1: so, and I, and it's something I read not too long ago. And so anyway, just throwing some advocate advocating for the devil out there, um, but just know that people will be on that kind of stuff. People are going to challenge you on that. And, I think it might be a good idea to have on hand um, some references dealing with those specific things that you might be inclined to touch upon.
0: Right. So let me write that down as well.
1: Yeah. Just in reference to certain things like that with the full moon, because of course in the, the farmer's almanac, okay. Like what makes sense is that they've tracked the migration and the the, the feeding habits of certain insects that are detrimental to their crops, and maybe even some that will handle the crops quite well.
0: Yeah. That's but,
1: um, one of my
0: best references for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we've so, already.
1: Yeah, what was what, the time you're talking about?
0: Yeah, we're on for about two hours.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well um yeah it's uh going to be 7 it's a quarter after 7 so yeah we can wrap up soon cuz also I'm, I have a couple of readings I want to do for um world reading club and uh then and about 8:30 I'm going to get into an Uber and go to work I just don't feel like riding my bike today I feel like I feel like it's not too cold but I just am in a mood I don't know what it is
0: yeah it is kinda cold out that door now you guys I think i got i gotta make some phone calls and do some references as well, so I will definitely be back tomorrow around the same time Hakeem.
1: yeah um start up uh four or five tomorrow Sunday so yeah um yeah i mean i I would be um, best available like four I mean any yeah basically the same time so whenever you, you want I'll make myself available between four and uh, 730
0: awesome I appreciate everybody that stopped in thank you to my amazing moderator and devil's advocate Mr. Hakeem Ali Bokus, the aka Lex Luther magneto blend (laughs) this is your favorite host Cicely Marie Goose and this has been another astrology talk